All right. Sorry about the delay. Um, on my Instagram, I said it was mental and technical difficulties, but really it was just mental difficulties. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. So there's kind of a lot that I want to dive into here. I don't really know where to start, so we're just going to kind of start and then see where it goes. So first of all, I think a really big thing that they don't tell you about when you are depressed or, you know, have any type of mental health issues is the um, the memory loss. That has been a big one for me as of recently. Um, I've definitely been noticing it a lot more. And I think once you kind of start to heal and like realize the spot that you are in, that's when it really hits you because you heal and you become a different person and you can ask anybody that's close to me. I am a totally, totally different person than I was even just a year ago. Um, I, it's, it's hard for me because I don't even recognize the person that I was before and it's really kind of alarming in a way of like looking back at pictures or you know hearing things that I said or did and I'm like what I don't like I don't remember that or like how could I say that or how could I do that or you know it's very very hard to recognize that that was also you and it's it's weird for me lately because I I feel like I don't know if anybody else has felt like this. Um, I feel like all of my memories and all of the things that I went through, it almost feels like they're not mine at this point. Um, I don't know if that's just because I've changed so much or like I've healed or, well, I haven't fully healed. I don't, I know that's not the case. Um, in the process of doing so, but not quite there yet. But yeah, it feels like I watched a movie about my life, and that's how I'm remembering it. Um, which is really weird to think about. It's really weird to talk about, and I kind of hope that it happens to other people. I don't know <laughs> if it's just me. But anyways, that's kind of the gist of where I'm at currently. Um definitely a weird place. Definitely not the worst place I've been in, but definitely not the best. Um, so yeah, I don't know what it is. Anyways, finding a new therapist also, which is the devil. I hate doing that. I hate doing that. And I hate re-explaining my whole entire life to someone, but it kind of has to be done. Anyways, I don't know. I, I find it very hard to find a good therapist as well because they have to be well-versed in anxiety, depression, OCD, definitely OCD, um, and like trauma and, you know, just all the things. And also like sports and like sports psychology and like, is there anyone out there that deals with all of those things at once? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what I'll just become at some point for someone else. Is like some all-encompassing 
psychiatrist. No, not psychiatrist. I don't want to deal with medicine. Um, psychologist. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Okay, so moving on from that, um, the other thing that I kind of really wanted to get into is OCD specifically. Um, I've had a lot of questions about OCD, and I've had actually people reach out um, to ask how they could learn more or how to help their significant other, which is really fucking cool just to have someone that wants to learn more about your OCD. That's that's really a gift, and that's really cool. But anyways, um, OCD is very hard to talk about or explain because literally every single person with OCD, their OCD is unique to them. Um, so I will do my best at explaining mine, but just please keep in mind that that is not how every person with OCD is. Um, there are so, so, so many different types of OCD that I, it would take literally days to explain all of it. Okay, so to start off, I guess for people that aren't really, um, I don't know, like knowledgeable about OCD, I guess, OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, for those of you that don't know, it is not overcleaning disorder. Um, it is not, uh, I don't even know the stupid thing that people do. They do like CDO because it has to be in alphabetical order. Literally, stop with that shit. That's so dumb, first of all. That's not even funny. And yes, as a person that has been diagnosed with actual obsessive compulsive disorder, you still do hear that stuff. Um, I had a guy one time tell me, oh, that's like the overcleaning disorder where you like, like everything really like neat and tidy. I was like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Anyways, okay, so actual OCD is, um, so the Google definition is excessive thoughts or obsessions that lead to repetitive behaviors, which are compulsions. Obsessive disorder, oh my god, obsessive compulsive disorder is characterized by unreasonable thoughts and fears, those are the obsessions, that lead to the compulsive behaviors. So, um, let's dive a little bit deeper into that, first of all. So, the obsessive thoughts, they are pretty much intrusive thoughts. Um, they can be literally anything. There was a lady, I went to this OCG group a couple years ago, there was a lady who was very, very terrified of getting sick or passing on sickness to her family. Um, so her thought was whenever she touched something that wasn't clean, the immediate thought is, I just touched this dirty, um, like, surface, I'm gonna get sick. And then after that comes the repetitive behavior to try to get rid of the thought or the fear. Um, so hers was obviously washing her hands. And hers got so bad to the point where she actually ended up losing her job because she was in the bathroom the whole time washing her hands. Like she couldn't hold a job because she was so terrified to get sick or to pass on sickness to like her loved ones. So that's just an example. Um, that is not how mine is. My thoughts are, they kind of vary, but they all kind of have to do with the same thing. When I was younger, 
they they've kind of changed so when I was younger I was definitely still scared of something bad happening to my parents that was like the big the huge one um but it when I was younger and I didn't know any better I uh I was scared that I was gonna get like pregnant or I was gonna go blind or something along those lines like irrational things um for example I was like three years old I think and my babysitter she thought I was asleep so she started watching this like I don't even know what the show was um but there was a person on the show that was giving birth and I walked out of my room and saw this tv show (laughs) so for months after this I was so 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 scared as a three-year-old that I was gonna get pregnant so I would make my parents pinky swear every single night that something bad wasn't gonna happen I don't even know if I was specific with them about it like pinky swear I'm not gonna get pregnant and they were probably like what the fuck Peyton like you're a three-year-old you don't even know how that works anyways I'm pretty sure I would just say like pinky swear so it was like an all-encompassing pinky swear so nothing bad would happen at all and obviously come to find out later that is OCD and so as I've gotten older you know you don't have someone there all the time to pinky swear and also if you have a loved one that does that um I'm not blaming my parents at all literally at all because I was a kid and nobody knew it was OCD and nobody knows how to deal with OCD really but from a lot of extensive research and like OCD therapies and stuff pretty much like saying yes to a pinky swear or like affirming them that nothing bad will happen makes the thought worse and like makes the OCD in your head worse like it solidifies it So what you have to do really is um, what's called like ERP or like um, response prevention pretty much. So that's a whole, whole, whole other thing that we could get into later. But you can't really, I don't know how to like fully explain this. So if, if my parents were to continue to say to this day, like mom, dad, like pinky swear, nothing bad will happen you like you can't do that you can't live like that because then it's solidifying the thought like okay so they pinky swore that this isn't going to happen so like it's fine like and then you start believing in the pinky swear versus kind of like hitting that thought head on and being like this is an OCD thought this is not real um I don't even know if that makes any sense I hope it does so anyways back to what my OCD is now So, it kind of evolves Um, once you kind of get rid of one of the obsessions or compulsions, another one obviously comes along. Um, Sorry if you can hear my dogs barking upstairs. Anyways, so as I've gotten older, my OCD has kind of been more about, I mean, it's still definitely about like something bad happening to me, something bad happening to my parents, and Sometimes it's not even like a really specific thought that I'm trying to get rid of. It's almost like a general something bad will happen if you don't flip off this light switch this many times. Um, A lot of it also has to do with like injuries and soccer. 
um, how I put my shoes on, like my pregame rituals and stuff like that, uh, which is a whole other thing too. <laughs> and this is why it's so hard to explain. But, um, you know, the typical uh, superstitions that professional athletes have, or literally any level athlete, obviously, but it's talked about a lot in professional athletes. Uh, for example, I know there's multiple hockey players that they won't step on the lines on the ice or like goalies who won't do that. Or uh, there was a period of time for me where I couldn't step on the half line. I Even during the middle of the game, the thought would come in my head like, okay, step over it or else you're going to get hurt this half or stuff like that. Um, you know, those pregame rituals, for some people, it is superstitious thoughts like that um, and they're only limited to their sport. In that case, I would say that it is, uh, sorry, I just got a text. Anyways, in that case, I would say that it is just superstition, but also if they were to maybe like accidentally skip it one time and then they have anxiety or they have a freak out after that, then I would say that it goes over into the OCD aspect of things, not just the superstitious part. And the soccer part of things has always been there for me, even as a little kid playing herd soccer, you know, <laughs> um, I would be late to my games because I wouldn't have my socks on right. And my parents were extremely frustrated because they were like, oh my God, we fixed your sock four times. Like, what is the deal? But it, a lot of it has to do with how you feel, at least for me. Again, this is for me. So mine... A lot of it is like sensory things, uh, which is, it's very interesting because a lot of people with autism have OCD as well, and a lot of it is sensory, but there's obviously a line between autism and OCD, and it's, sometimes it's a fine line, actually. That's just to say that a lot of it, a lot of things with like mental health and, you know, anything with the brain, it's so overlapping which also makes it so hard. I will continue to say that. It makes it so freaking hard to talk about. But so like I said, a lot of mine is sensory. So if something doesn't feel right, I have to redo it until it feels right. So for example, with that, um, I'll try to pick kind of an easy one. Um, let's say like flipping on a light switch. So it has to be on a certain part of my finger. I can't just like randomly touch it. Um, I have to do it in the same spot every time. Uh, usually I can't do it in one time. Anyways, especially when I'm at home. Like if I'm out somewhere in public, I'll try to do it one time. But this is another thing with OCD. You get really good at hiding it. So for example, if I was at school or something when I was younger and I flipped the light switch off and I didn't do it right, I would say that I forgot something in that room, walk in, pretend like I was grabbing something, walk back out to be able to do the light switch again, and then obviously hopefully do it right the second time, or else I would have to make up another stupid excuse to go back and do it. Um, so yeah, when I'm at home, I really never do it in just one time. Um, it's either two, four, eight or another eight. I don't know where those numbers came from. It's always been those numbers. Uh, it used to just be four and eight, but then 
I think over time I kind of limited myself to two. Um, but it can't be six. It cannot be 12. Uh, it cannot be 17 and it cannot be 25. Because with my OCD, I have number associations. So 12 is associated with my dad. That's his favorite number. I can't do anything to 12 because then something bad would happen to him. If I did something to 7 or 17, that's me. Those are my numbers. So then something bad would happen to me. If I did 25, it would be my mom. That's her favorite number. Um, weird. Very, very weird. But that's just how it always has been. Also with colors. There's color associations. Mine is green. That used to be my favorite color as a kid. I don't really have a favorite color anymore, but that was it. So now my color is green for my entire life, probably. My dad's is blue. My mom's is purple. So that one is weird because I'll like, a lot of it is visual too. And this is why I literally, I'm so sorry if this is all over the place because it is so freaking hard to explain what goes on in my mind. But so I have to look at cars a certain way. I also have car associations so like people that I've known if they've had that car then I have like that association to them by that car for example there was a girl that I was friends with um in high school and her mom passed away and she had a Nissan the girl had a Nissan so now I can't Nissans can't be the last car that I look at in a parking lot or else I think something bad will happen to my mom as well and I haven't spoken to that girl in forever, but I, yeah, it's still a thing. So I definitely can't look at a purple Nissan because obviously that associates with my mom. Duh, logically, right? <laughs> but, and I can't look at a blue one. I can't look at blue cars last in a parking lot because it's my dad. I can't look at green cars. That's me. I can't look at purple cars because it's my mom. I can't look at the Nissans because of that girl. It is wild. And all of this is just like, it's not even subconscious at this point. It's obviously conscious, but it's not, I'm not choosing to think these things, right? So that's where it becomes so hard. So yeah, I could, I honestly probably can't even name all of the obsessions and compulsions that I have. Uh, I wish I could. I started to kind of write them down as I went. That was one of my like therapy things to kind of hopefully try to make it a little, like, make the thoughts less scary when they happen is to write it down and then write down what you do to try to get rid of the thought to kind of show yourself how absolutely ridiculous it is. And that's another thing with OCD too is that you know it's not logical. But then there's the anxiety portion of it where it's like, well, what if, you know? well, what if I didn't do this this one time and then this bad thought does happen? So, yeah, it's a lot. It is quite a bit. Uh, I have a routine for literally everything. Um, from the moment I wake up, brushing my teeth, washing my face, showering, getting dressed, how I, you know, how many seconds I microwave my oatmeal for, like, you know, I just can't eat, how I get into my car, how I unlock my car, how I step on certain things, how I walk outside my house, how I walk up the stairs, like literally 
that's only the first, what, like, 30 minutes of my morning, maybe. Yeah, that, like, going on and on about my whole day, that would be literally a 24-hour podcast. So, yeah, I thought about a long time ago making a YouTube about, like, a video about OCD, so that way you could actually, like, visually see it, and then I would, like, speak through it. Honestly, that might be kind of beneficial to me, and maybe even to other people to kind of see, but also very embarrassing because I never show anything. I'm very, very good at hiding my OCD. A lot of people don't even know that I have it. And that is where the stigma of OCD comes in. I actually had someone the other day tell me that they would love to be on my podcast and talk about OCD, but they cannot be named. They have to be anonymous. And I asked them why, and it has to do with their job. They don't want people to know. It would be Their job would be much harder for them if people knew that they had OCD, which I totally understand where they're coming from. But just society as a whole, that's ridiculous. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, I feel for that person. I'm so sorry to that person that they can't be, you know, open about it. That's very sad to me. But if you want to follow someone on Instagram that is very good at talking about all the types of OCD, um, she's actually a therapist and she has OCD herself, which is really awesome. Um, It's called Obsessively Ever After. She posts a lot, a lot, a lot about just like different types of OCD um, and like what you can do. And she's very big into the whole like getting rid of the stigma. And also she has a shirt that says we are not all a little bit OCD, which I love. I think I need to purchase that shirt because like I said, the stigma people don't understand. So anyways, hopefully this can maybe help someone understand a little bit more. I definitely did not get to everything um maybe this will be like a series of what OCD is actually like but hopefully you got a little bit of a taste of it and uh you understand a little bit more like I said but if you have any questions uh you know if you have OCD I would love to talk to you about it so yeah yeah I don't know that's all I got for the day I'm a little bit worn out from talking about it all but anyways just gonna keep riding these waves of mental health and yeah we're gonna be okay